Oh, Nick Bumgarner joins us live. Nick, my friend, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. I'm not really sure, not used to doing afternoons, but here we are. What's going on, partner? How are you, my man? Good, Anthony. How are you? Sorry, I got your text with a literal last second. So we're good. Happy hey, no, I, I love it, man. This is great. I saw the news earlier today, and I was like, I, I got to reach out to him. This, I got to sure, see yeah. what's going on here about this brand new book. You can pre-order it now. It's called Mountaintop, and it's going to be uh, distributed, what, via the M-Den? Where did this, tell us the background of where this idea, where you're like, hey, you know what, I'm used to writing. Let's write a book. Yeah, so uh, myself and uh, Mark Snyder, who also uh, covered Michigan for a long time, uh, he was at the Free Press before I was. Uh, I was there shorter time than he was, and Mark was there forever. Um, got together probably a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and uh, some of the guys from the 97 team had floated the idea of, you know, this has never been, that story's never really been told in, in book form. Um, and so we kicked the idea around. Um, all of them were terrific with their time. Lloyd uh, Carr was, we got a ton of great time with Lloyd. Um, you know, he's uh, living locally again. Uh, I don't know if you saw, he just went to uh, Haiti with Mitch Elbum a couple days ago, actually. But uh, so it's great to get all a ton of new insight from him on, on just not just the 97 season, but his tenure at Michigan. And of course, you know, we talked with Charles Woodson, Greasy, uh, Hutchinson, John Getz, all those guys. I mean, we've talked to most of the roster. So um, it was fun, and uh, I think we learned a lot of stuff that we didn't know, Mark and I, and I hope that uh, that'll be sort of the reader's experience, too. Mountaintop is the inside story of Michigan's 1997 national title climb. And, you know, Nick, were there any, like, aha moments for you? I mean, when you're, when you're around mm-hmm. professional athletes all the time and, you know, high-level college players, you know, maybe it maybe not so much just because it becomes the norm. They, they're, you know, they're just yeah. people that are there in the same space. But then when you talk to guys like you know, Lloyd Carr or, or Charles Woodson, maybe things are a little bit different. Did you have any of those moments while writing this? Oh yeah, I mean that's they that team in general is very very unique and special. And I think when you look at it, they've got three guys on that team. I'm going to count Tom Brady in it because he'll be in the Hall of Fame here soon. Three guys that are Pro Football Hall of Famers. Lloyd Carr was a College Football Hall of Famer. Um, they've got a ton of NFL players who played in Super Bowls and won rings beyond Tom Brady. And most of these guys, including Lloyd, were also you know they don't deserve to be here from the fan base. Like going into 97, they were like, these guys aren't any good. And they, and they all turned out to sort of find themselves as who they would become. They did it together and they still share a bond, Anthony, that I'm not sure I've seen with any college team ever uh, that I've been around up close. I mean, I've seen these guys come back for reunions, not just this year, but in previous years, 10 years ago, where they have an aura about them because of what they were able to do. Uh, what they were able to accomplish. Uh, they're all very confident, unique people. A lot of them have gone on to do great things in business and education and all sorts of stuff. So it's a really unique group of people, a lot of really special players and coaches. And uh, yeah, pretty cool story. Was there a, while listening to some of the stories, you know, firsthand accounts, was there one that almost kind of shocked you to where it's like, yeah, no, I didn't know this, but it's almost one of those things where you get taken back by it because, you know, we look back at it because we're like the same age demographic, right? So, you know, we're pretty young when this is happening and, you know, we just assume that's where we belong, right? We're on the heels uh, of like Tyrone Wheatley and whatnot. Yeah. Tim Biakabatuka, like we're ready. I love Timmy. Uh, but, like, you know, this 97 team, as you mentioned, a lot of people that had, you know, the adults in the room weren't necessarily thrilled about this club. It was, was there a story that really stuck out to you that kind of shocked you? 
Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I think that's a great question, and there's probably a lot. But the great, the greatest one to me is it's not one story. It's the realization uh, in reality here that, as you just know, that because like looking back for me, 25 years ago, I was younger. I did not have the perspective uh, that I would have now as an adult who's seen you know time change and things go on. People all assume Michigan would be there forever. People all assume Michigan would be this thing for a long time. What people don't understand, what I think what we learned right in this book was that they were very, very, very close at the end of 96 and even at the start of 97 to just pull the plug on the whole thing and starting over. Lloyd would be gone. The whole staff would be gone. They would change. It would be from a whole new thing. And who knows, right? Who knows what would have happened at that point? And there was a real friction point there that 96 team was the first team in like 25 years to not win a Big Ten championship in a four-year window, those seniors. And I think I didn't really realize the gravity of how much change was sort of on the line if they hadn't performed pretty much to the level that they did perform at. Uh, and, you know, Lloyd's entire career at Michigan, I think, was one of those that was always looked at with hypercritical eyes. I don't think he really shied away from it, but I don't think people realize how close it probably came to him not being the coach, you know, at, at all, really. So I think that that, that is something that uh, st- stuck with me the whole way that we've uh, – talking to a bunch of different people, including Lloyd himself. So uh, really interesting stuff. Boy, wouldn't it be interesting to kind of go back in time with our perspective as we've yeah. seen, you know, oh, you didn't win the Big Ten in four years. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you a story about what happens later yeah. on in the yeah. 2000s after right. USC exactly. marches us <laughs> off the field in the Rose Bowl. Let me tell you about that story one right. time. Yeah, and we have that perspective now, and it's crazy to think back. And it's you think back to the times of the mid-'90s and the rosters that Michigan had just absolutely loaded uh, you know, going back through some of the recruiting rankings was interesting. We talked to Tom Lemming for the book, people like that, that rated these guys out of high school. And what you find is, is that they were recruiting like Georgia, Bama, like, I mean, Michigan's recruiting well now, but this is what it was back in the 90s. It was a factory. It was just ungodly amounts of talent, guys that were fourth stringers that were playing the NFL. And, you know, that's not happening today. <laughs> so I think it was a very different world and uh, an interesting one to look back at. Did any of those guys, I mean, I know this is very specific to that particular year, but did any of the the, the personal one-on-one interviews that you had with any of the guys, did they talk about the state or status of college football today? Yeah, I think they all um, sort of admitted right up front, or it's not an admission, it's like an acknowledgement of like, it's just, I don't know if it's possible to have the type of team that we had and, and, and bond that we built for 40 years, you know, they're still very close to all those, all those guys for the most part to this day. Um, because that team and season was built through like three and a half years of shared suffering. And that's the story of that team in so many ways. It's not just what they did that season. It's what led up to that and what they had to go through. And, you know, they, everybody brings up the portal, uh, how easy it is to go now, I mean, I can't tell you, like, Chris Howard, uh, I don't know if you remember Chris uh, running back there, a senior oh, yeah. on the 97 team. Of course, Chris, and he said this before, um, would have transferred a thousand times if his mom hadn't said, no, you're not. You know, like, just, he would have done it. He would have found a way to do it, put my name in, get me out of here. Like, I would have never made it. Like, because I know myself at 20 years old. And so, yeah, I think you get that a lot from guys that played in that era. But they also, I think and this is what makes these guys unique. They also sort of understand how things have changed. And I think a lot of those guys that you talk to will say, I like that the guys have the ability to do different things. Now, a lot of those guys, you know, back then 
a couple of those guys went to Michigan because they want for academics. It was football. I'm not going to the NFL. I want to study a top level program. And a lot of these guys nowadays, it's encouraged. It's something that's talked more openly about. So I think it's both ways, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you can't really close that lid when you put it. You know, as I was, uh, you know, looking at the, like the, the preview of the, of the book, I was wondering where the mountaintop uh, came from. And I, I just want to see if this was because of uh, the opener, as it alludes to, you know, in this uh, in this preview here, right before the opener, Carr's team heard from a survivor of a Mount Everest tragedy. Uh, describe what it took to do the impossible when everything around you was falling apart. Is that you know, that that's the that's the, the premise of the title? That is there? It. If, if you remember, Anthony, in 1997, Lloyd Carr had and he themed every season that Michigan that he ever coached. It was and that year was climb the mountain. It was they, every team got a pick. Every team got you know their own axe, more or less a pickaxe, you know, a climber's axe. Uh, and yeah, he brought in a guy named Luke Kosicki who was on the uh, expedition where uh, it was a tragic uh, Everest expedition where I think several people died on it. John Krakauer ended up writing the Into Thin Air book about it. Um, of course, it was a legendary, you know, famous book. And so uh, Luke Kosicki's from Michigan. Lloyd had him come in and talk to the team. Uh, before the season, and they themed their season around sort of what it takes to be responsible to the person next to you to make it out of something really difficult alive, that everybody is still standing at the end and we get where we need to go. And I think that's where they resonated with it, and uh, and, and that's how they kind of kept it. They themed the season, that they talked about it every week, Mount Everest, climbing the mountain, uh, and that's sort of how it went. So, yeah, Mountaintop, that was the, uh, that was the name for it. As we read the book and pre-order it right now, mden.com. I just tweeted out the link to it. Click it, order it, do it, do it now. Hardcover, 402 pages. You can read 402 pages. I can do it. I don't know. Sometimes I can't even read. (laughs) We wrote it, so you can read it for sure. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) I want to know, because a lot of the stories are going to be told, right? So what about the story of the authors in trying to, okay, we're going to write this book on the 97 team. Dude, where do we even start? How do you build like a roadmap or a plan? Are you sitting down with like a giant whiteboard? And how do we get from point A, page one to point B, page 402? How do we tell this story? Was that, that had to be like one of the more stressful parts about it? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing was making sure that you got perspectives from as many players, players as possible. Cause that to me, this is a player's book. This is, you know, a lot of it is, uh, there's a lot about Lloyd in there and some other assistants, but to me, the, that team is special because of those players and, um, and, and their selfless, selflessness, uh, unselfishness, we'll say all that sort of thing together. And that is just not something that I guess we see, uh, most today. And so for, for us, it was, we have to make sure we talk to all of them. I mean, as many as we can that are still alive. And we talked to walk-ons, we talked to, you know, as many guys that even touched that team, we wanted to know because if there's any dissenting, like I wanted to know is if, if anybody here thinks that that was not a, a rosy, great, you know, whatever, I want to know. And that did not happen. So I just, we, the, the biggest task was really making sure that we got the perspectives from as many players as we possibly humanly could. Um, and to give them their fair opportunity to, you know, so many, like you said, Anthony, so many of those stories are already known and told but you don't know the reality behind them. And it was making sure we give those guys who were kids then and are adults now the opportunity to do that. And I think that that was what uh, ended up making it a cool project, but that was also the, the, the biggest uh, test. 
Nick Baumgartner joining us right now. You can find his work at The Athletic. A great, great football scribe. If you don't have a subscription, you need to subscribe so that you can read the scribe. That's what you need to do. It's, I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not a big subscription guy, and I have one to The Athletic, so that'll tell you that I stand behind what I'm saying right now. Uh, you know, Nick, I, when I think about Charles Woodson, Obviously, right, 97 team, Woodson, Rose of the Mouth. You know, it, it, the guy did everything. And then I, I watch him on TV, and I'm, I feel like I'm always someone that's trying to defend him because it doesn't matter if Ohio State won 12 in a row. When it's Ohio State-Michigan on the Fox broadcast, my man is going to be out there looking sharper than attack, got the ascot on, he's got the hat, he's going to grab the flag from the cheerleaders, and he's going to wave it, and people think, like, oh, well, he can't have an unbiased opinion because he went there. And it's like, you know, when you start to read this, maybe it'll help some folks understand of why yeah. he feels the way that, that he feels and why he loves that logo and what that stands for and means to him that is a great point and i think that you know i hope that comes across and i think it will because i think what is discovered here and, and it, you see it all the time like you just nailed it. it Charles, like he doesn't live here in ann arbor he doesn't live around you know but it is like a home to him like that's how when he's on the field in the stadium it looks like he's standing at home like that's what it feels like with him and we were we talked with him about that like what and, and he talked a lot about his how he grew up as a person here um, not just as a player. Charles Woodson walked in the door here as the best player that they'd seen in a long, long time. That was how it was from day one. And they spent three years trying to convince him that that, that wasn't the case to keep his ego in check. But to talk about a guy who knew that he had that le- level of athleticism and ability and is 20 years old, 19, 20, and trying to figure it out, like you, some of the stories that he told us, I think, explain really, really in, in pretty good detail why he loves the place as much as he does and why it's like a blind. Like it, nothing, it won't matter how bad anything looks. He's going to support it no matter what. A lot of guys are like that. I think Desmond Howard is probably similar, uh, and he's you know Desmond can be abrasive, of course, for people. I think Charles probably less so. Well, a lot of guys are like that with their with their school, and especially guys that had great careers and that got there, that knew they had the ability and then made it. And I think for Charles, uh, that Michigan is still a big deal for him because it was uh, a place that he came and conquered in so many ways, and I think that uh, is very important to him. And every time he's back home in Ann Arbor, there isn't a soul in that stadium that wouldn't say, "Hey, throw on no. that jersey real quick." Let's see. I, we know yeah. you still got well, something see, to take. And, and it's that's the that's the gravity of him. And I think that's what makes that team because he's there. And it, it, you, know, you you go and you look into it and you start peeling it back and you say, "Well, okay, well Woodson's there, and that automatically gives them credit." But then you start peeling back, you say, "Okay, well, there's so many guys on that team that are NFL players that had great ten year." You know, 12-year careers, some of them are still – Ryan Greasy's coaching, right, still right now. Tom Brady was on that team. So many guys. But it's like, yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's a, it's a player's book, and it's hard not to, uh, to to appreciate all that. And when you have so many great players, you're going to have some competition at some different spots. You mentioned Chris Howard. The guy that was uh, that was there at the number two spot was mm-hmm. the A-train Anthony Thomas. I mean, come on. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Right. But, but let's go quarterback. Brian Greasy. Tom Brady. Tom was obviously yep. going through a whole heck of a lot there. What, you know, this was a moment where he was he tried to go into Lloyd's office and he wanted out at one point. You know, and, and, and Tom's yep. spoken about we that. Talked about that in the book. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty it's openly. And it, it kind of that iron sharpens iron sort of mentality. Yep. That yeah, you might have to work for this. You might have to wait this out. You might have to be here a couple of years before you see success. I think what I learned in that, you know, and you know, talking to Lloyd from his perspective through that whole thing. Um, and knowing what we know about how it all went and, and all of that, I, that really 
I think when you look back, I, we also talked to Drew Henson for this book. He was the number one recruit in the country there in 97 and was at every game on the 50-yard line with uh, the top recruit seats. And he told he gave a quote that I that stuck with me the whole way that in the mid-90s, it meant an awful lot to play quarterback at Michigan. Because if you go back in the previous decade, and it started in the late mid-80s with Harbaugh, um, Cam Cameron's a quarterback coach. They get Elvis Gerbach. They get Todd Collins. They start throwing the football more than any Big Ten team. They start going vertical more than any Big Ten team um, during those molar years and then through Lloyd Carr. And what it did is it just created this quarterback. Every guy they signed, even guys that didn't work out, like Scott Leffler, Dreisbach, they're all highly rated kids. And so they're bringing in – Brian Greasy was a walk-on who turned down scholarships to go to other Big Ten schools because he wanted to compete at Michigan. Like that's what the quarterback room was like in the nineties when Tom Brady was here. And I think this book also in a similar, I hope in a similar manner of uh, shaping Woodson's youth, it it also illustrates, I think a lot of how it probably shaped Tom Brady because um, how can you go through something like that and not have that be sort of a lasting, you know, impact on everything. And that's just how it was here. It was a pauldron of competition in that, in that era. And yeah, pretty different. And that's what made him great. His name is Nick Baumgartner. He's always great here. Hey, talk about iron sharpens iron. That's us, Nick. Here we go. Visit mden.com. The University of Michigan book is called Mountaintop, the inside story of Michigan's 1997 title climb, co-authored by Mark Snyder and this gentleman right here, Nick Baumgartner. You can find him on Twitter as well, at Nick Baumgartner. Find his work at The Athletic. Nick, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and, and tell us about this book, man. I, I am excited. Get my pre-order right now. Where's my credit card at? I'm reaching for my pockets, man. I'm excited. Excited for you. Excited for the book. Thank you again so much thank you so much anthony appreciate it we'll talk soon